Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. And as you can see, we have a full house. Missing one person, Lydell. There's Lydell. Hey, Lydell. <laughs> Welcome, Lydell. We have the cast and crew of Not Alone joining us today. Sarah and Steve Schroeder Matskin, Pat Healy, Megan Ashley Brown, and writer-director Lydell Jackson. Welcome, guys. How is everyone doing tonight? Good. Good. Hey. I want to just welcome you all. Thank you for coming on the show. The movie Not Alone is available on Screenbox uh, for watching right now. It's a great paranormal film uh, written and directed with by Lydell, uh, at least co-written, right, Lydell? Why don't you tell us the backstory of how you came up with this story and you co-wrote it with somebody else. Is that accurate? Lydell? I think he, he wrote in the little box that he was having issues hearing. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. So, so I'll say something, John. Um, so we have really good news today. While Lydell gets his uh, the mic maybe going. See, that's why I did the test. <laughs> Sarah's prepared. I'm, I'm, I'm a paranoid producer. So um, anyway, I, I will tell you guys, Today we are on Amazon, Apple, these are all transactional, Google awesome. Play, iTunes, and Voodoo, and also um, Apple, if I didn't say that already. So that's awesome. Like, that this is, is great that we're doing this. <laughs> congratulations. So not only are you on Screenbox, you're on all the major transactional video on demand services. Yeah. That is awesome. And that is of starting today? Just today. That's why I was like so happy that we were doing the interview. I was going to tell everybody. I have, I'm going to post it, but I didn't want to interfere with the interview. And I love it. Megan and Pat, Liddell, everybody share, please. <laughs> that is such great news. Uh, yeah. While we wait for <laughs> Liddell to fix his issues, uh, Pat, uh, you have been, you know, in films for a long, long time now. Why don't you tell us how you got involved with Not Alone and uh, how you were brought in, basically? Well, I, I became friends with Steve and Sarah, and I, I liked them a lot. We spent some personal time together, and then they had this project. And uh, it was like they offered me the part of a normal person, for which no one ever does. <laughs> well, people that, people that know me offer me those roles, but people that don't tend to offer me somebody who's crazy or something. So, so that was super appealing. And then it was, um, you know, I've done some things in and around the genre. So that, that was familiar, but I just kind of wanted to, uh, after I met them, I met uh, uh, Cecil and Lydell and I really like them and I just like the project. So it was, you know, a month in Florida uh, in, in late spring, early summer. So uh that that's basically how it how it happened uh, just just friends and wanting to work together and doing something fun and not uh acting like a maniac for a month it's a good change <laughs> of pace now sarah yeah. not only do you play pat's wife in the movie is that accurate yes Shelley, you, yep. you're also an executive producer correct yes well mainly producer but steve did the heavy lifting on the set i was too busy being in pretty much every scene so it was it was tough you know 19 day shoot and so i was i was trying to produce when i 
wasn't acting, but I, my acting was first. That was that was for sure. We we had that all laid out up front, and Steve would take that role. And Steve, what was it like uh, producing with you know your wife in front of the camera? And uh, was that odd at all? Have you guys done that before? Uh, I've never produced with Sarah in front of the camera. I VP'd with her um, in front of the camera, but no, that wasn't really weird. I mean. She was so good that I didn't even recognize her as Sarah. So, oh. <laughs> it's like I was producing Shelly. So, you know, that wasn't a problem at all. Now, now we were doing it in our home that was kind of... Yeah, the problem was shooting in your house. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're right, Pat. And that is an interesting but, story that Sarah did share with me. Now, Megan, uh, you play the character of Jess. So why don't you give us some background on what your character is about in Not Alone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, Jess Lawson is Shelly, and um, I honestly, Pat, I think I forgot your character's name in this Walter. Movie. Walter. Yes, Walter, oh my gosh. I'm a Such fake a normal fan. name. <laughs> no, so she's the daughter of um, Pat and Sarah's character, um, and she has cystic fibrosis, and I think throughout the movie you kind of see different ways that she deals with that and um, things that she has to go through, which was very interesting to learn about and uh, play and try to bring, you know, justice to people in real life that do have cystic fibrosis. Um, yeah, and she's just like a fun 16-year-old girl with bright pink hair. And Megan, this is not your first uh, brush with the paranormal movie. People might recognize you. You were in The Conjuring 3. You yep. played young Elaine Warren uh, yep. in those flashback scenes. So, I mean, now The Conjuring franchise is this huge, big-budget franchise. Not Alone is more of a smaller budget. What would you say, like is like the biggest difference in, in like the budgeting of these two films as an actor what is like wow you notice it right away as soon as you walk on set honestly like from an actor's perspective like it's kind of like i feel like not the best answer but honestly you just can tell when sets have more money because they're bigger there's more trailers there's more people there's more crew and like all of that but the actual work that you do yourself as an actor, like, doesn't change. At least not for me. It doesn't. Okay. So. Okay. Now, Pat, you have had your brushes with horror now for a long time. Uh, you have done horror in and out of your career. Uh, do you have a special place in your heart for the horror genre? Uh, I do. I mean, I, I grew up just loving movies, and I still do. I mean, that's, the, you know, cinema. That's my main passion in life. Uh, you could say it is my life, uh, but uh, so I love all genres. But yeah, I I grew up, uh, you know, with the uh, first movies that I saw. Some of the first movies I saw were the Universal Monster movies on, you know, on broadcast television when we didn't even have a color television mm -hmm. for, I don't know, the first several years of my life. So a lot of those movies were in black and white anyway, and I enjoyed them that way. And then. I started to get really scared of movies when I was uh, an adolescent. Well, like, you know, 10, 11. Uh, and that was when movies like uh, 
Poltergeist and John Carpenter's The Thing were out, uh, and uh, movies were on video uh, like Dawn of the Dead, the yeah. original Dawn of the Dead, the Romero one, and um, uh, Alien, things like that. And so I had to kind of uh, steal up my courage to, to I was I was frightened of those movies, and I was also, I had a, a weak stomach. It's, I know it's hard to believe, but I, I went, I, I made myself get comfortable and like those movies and now I really love those movies. And now you can see from my work that I've gone so far out the other end of that, that I, I'm just like, it's out of control. So, <laughs> uh, but it was sort of like, you know, being afraid of lightning when you're a kid, you got to count till, you know, 10 and it's it, every time it, it gets further and further away. And that was like, I just had to expose myself to those movies, even though I was afraid of them and they made me sick to my stomach. And, now, now I love him. I, you know. And for those people who didn't pick it up, that's a Poltergeist reference from the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I'm that sure was un unintentional. But, unintentional, but, uh, but yeah, it is. Sure. It made me think of yeah. that. Now, Sarah, yeah. when people read the synopsis of Not Alone, it's very short and it just looks like another haunted house movie. So tell us how Not Alone differentiates itself from other haunted house movies. Well, have you have you had a chance to watch it? Yes. John? Yes. Okay, great. So then, for me, I the reason I loved the script was because there was a twist. Um, kind of like Pat and Megan, I think we all felt this way. It starts out like a haunted house, and then I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but there's like a really big twist that you're not expecting, and you know the reference to Poltergeist and. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but the Poltergeist uh, reference, and then also, well, I could say, then there maybe a little bit of Shape of Water comes into there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm trying not to give too much away, but that's what most people have said about the movie, is that they love the twist and they didn't see it coming. And well, so that's what I would say. Um, and then Poltergeist reference also uh, is Dr. Clay, who is played by Richard Lawson, who mm -hmm. was in poltergeist so i thought that's maybe why pat said that but it's also very iconic that he was in our movie and then there's a lot of similar situations exactly and staying on sarah for a bit now you're also a singer and you contributed two tracks to the score of this film is that accurate i'm actually just one track to the score wow i mean so yeah wrote the song and then I sang the ink, just the song and the end credits. That's awesome. Now, Megan, uh, when you auditioned, I assume for the role, uh, did you know that this was a haunted house film? What kind of information did you get? Lydell, are you with us? I'm back. Hey, Lydell hey. is with hey. us. So Megan, uh, how did the audition process go? How much information was given to you? Uh, did you know what you were walking into? Um, so, no, I didn't know a whole lot about it because I didn't get um, the full script, which oftentimes as an actor, you don't always get the full script. Um, so I just got like my two or three scenes that I was auditioning with and then kind of just like a small synopsis about like family moving into a home and then there's weird things that start happening to them and like that's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of all I was given, but I love horror movies and everything kind of in that realm so once i uh found out that i got the role my agent was telling me about it i just got 
so insanely excited. Um, and yeah, it kind of continued throughout filming. That's so cool. Now that we have Lydell with us, the writer and director, we can get to some of the nitty gritty stuff. So oh. Lydell, um, before you cut out earlier, I was asking you, what was your inspiration to writing a haunted house horror flick, but adding the special twist that Sarah referenced a few moments ago? Uh, tell us the inspiration behind that. Okay, so when it came to ooh, where to begin the story, for me, I feel like the story is like it goes years and years back. Um, but essentially, um, uh, Steve had um, offered uh, my partner and I at the time um, an opportunity to to make a feature. Uh, but one of the, the key factors was that it had to be primarily a single location kind of deal, okay. you know. And so uh, he ha actually happened to have this beautiful piece of property out in Tampa. And I'm pretty sure it's probably the biggest house in Tampa. <laughs> and um, and uh, so... You know, my partner and I, we, we, we've been genre guys uh, from the beginning of our filmmaking days. And, um, you know, we, because we're in genre, we're, you know, we're thinking, we're thinking horror by default. Mm -hmm. And we're like, all right, what can we do? We could do a ghost story. We could do a ghost story. But how do you, how do you flip it on its head? Exactly. And us, we're kind of like, um, you know, we 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 had this idea of genre bending. That's kind of just our style to begin with. You know, so like the first script that we had wrote um, that actually gave us the opportunity to meet Steve and Sarah was uh, we wrote a horror uh, comedy. Okay. You know, so every time and now this one's a horror sci-fi. So we're always trying to think of ways to kind of uh, uh, flip genres. And at the time, you know, we were really into haunted house stories. We're thinking of haunted houses, but we're also into, you know, sci-fi. So we're thinking, well, how do you how do you blend those two? And so the idea of without giving, you know, too much away, too much away, um, that's kind of where it began. And I, I like to think it's because of that restriction of a single location. Yeah, you know, I think maybe that's where it began. Well, that can also be very helpful. Obviously, it's great for budgeting, uh, shooting all at a single location. You don't have to worry that much about picking up equipment, moving to different locations. But what did you do to avoid falling into the stereotypical tropes of a typical haunted house movie? Um, I think, you know... For us, because it's there's a little bit of uh, there's some tricks in there, some twists. Uh, you kind of just kind of go along with it, knowing that that's not the case. You know, it's what you see is not quite what you get, or what you're getting. You know, and um, just I think just having that little seed of information when you're weaving the picture together, you just kind of. You just kind of find it, you know, because you have to you have to lean into the trope a little bit. Yeah. But not but not too much, you know. Gotcha. And, um, 
but I think just knowing that you're you're playing with it, you're innately going to do it. At Absolutely. least I think that's what now, Pat, uh, like we said, you and Sarah play uh, a married couple. Is this the first time you're working with Sarah? Yeah, yeah. We we had met uh, actually because I'm I'm a writer and a director as well. I had met them uh, just uh, over to talk, discuss a script ostensibly, but uh, we I don't know. We barely talked about the, that. We ended up just really liking each other. And Steve uh, is from Chicago, as am I, and and uh, uh, so we had that in common, and we just got along really well. And I think they were just sort of gearing up to do this, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I don't know. You could ask them. I think they kind of like were like went home and were like, "Oh, what about him?" For it, uh, I think it's something like that. I mean, they, they'd have to speak to that. So uh, yeah, it's kind of how that happened. It really, just was like a, a byproduct of something else, which is often the case, I guess, in, in the business. Now, Sarah, how would you describe the chemistry with you and Pat that you guys brought onto the screen, off the screen, where you guys uh, got along very well and that translated to what we saw in front of the camera as well? Well, I, I will say yes. Um, the, the minute we met Pat, we were discussing a different script and it was uh, a person from Gersh, his agency, uh, Jay Cohen actually introduced us and we went to, to discuss a different script. And literally I sat there and we, we must have stayed probably, I think Pat, three hours. It was like three hours, yeah. It was like three hours. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got pretty like tanked, I think. Yeah, we had some drinks, had some fun, and yeah. we just, we really just got along. And I, when I, when we were done and we went home, I said, I think we should offer Pat the role of Walter. I mean, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> and he, he not only writes, he's directed, he'd be incredible. And Steve was like, I was thinking the same thing. We are, our brains are connected most of the time. And I have to tell you, I was so pleasantly pleased and blessed that Pat was there because he's been on so many mm -hmm. sets. And he's directed, and and you know, for me, I've I've had a lot of smaller roles, and um, and that's great. But this was a lead, and I can thank Liddell and Cecil for that too. But I'm right now I'm talking about Pat. He was great to have on set because he was such a pro. And I sometimes need a little guidance, and he he'd be like, okay, we're gonna do this. I'm like, oh, I got this. So anyway, I really learned a lot from Pat. Awesome. Now, Megan, when you get on a set. And like with Pat and Sarah and Steve, people that have all this experience, both in front and behind the camera, are you like a sponge and just trying to learn as much as you can uh, beyond what you already know? Um, I think definitely, yeah. I have been doing it like since I was younger, so I've been able and very blessed to have worked on quite a few things and already like had known some coming into this but i think that every time you work on a set it is always just an insane learning experience because every set is always going to be different and different things are always going to happen um so yeah it's it's quite fascinating i i always get so entertained by i don't know why this fascinates me but like lighting is so specific for movies and especially horror films uh -huh. and i just kind of love learning about it and talking to the gaffers like every time that i'm on sets and everything um but yeah <laughs> so i mean staying on horror uh 
before you you know did your first horror movie whatever that may have been i know you were in the conjuring and this one uh are you a fan of horror in movies when you're at home and you're just on the couch watching tv would you watch a horror movie or would you skip over it um so horror is pretty much like the only thing i really watch um i probably should broaden um what i watch and watch other things but my go-to is always just to put on some sort of horror movie um which is interesting because as a kid obviously i hated them they terrified me but my mother loves horror movies my grandmother loves horror movies it kind of just is like fallen down the the line of women on my mom's side of the family um but yeah it's it's what i watch all the time uh my roommate doesn't love horror which is funny because she doesn't work in horror but (laughs) now lydell you mentioned the whole aspect of genre writing um now that you guys have written directed not alone and i don't know what other horror writing you have done but would you say horror is your favorite genre to write for? My favorite to write for? You know, I actually, I think I had a discovery about myself because I think everything that, um, everything that uh, we'd written, Cecil and I, we'd written when we were uh, uh, working together had always had, no matter how serious it was, there's always some undertone of humor mm-hmm. and i think i came to the realization that i'm a comedy guy oh. uh maybe I, I, I that's where i'm at right now though i'm like oh i think um that's really the most universal thing is like laughter i think and so it's like i think if you could just it doesn't matter what clothes you put on it you know and um i think naturally i kind of we kind of lean in that direction um, had you, you know, asked me uh, most days, I'd probably say drama, actually. Okay, well, <laughs> that's very good to know. Now, Pat, you, like I've mentioned, you have done a wide spectrum of characters. Um, when you get a role like this one playing Walter or whatever, uh, in another a drama, a comedy, how do you get into character? Okay, you've been doing this for a while every actor has their own technique okay so to use walter as an example uh what did you do to get into character to play walter and not alone well the 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 base the core of everything where everything starts is the script so that's just that's the bible and everything is in there and it's really just it begins with just reading it over and over and over again and you start to get a sense of um, i mean I, i'll start to get a sense of the character Pretty quickly. I mean, if I don't right away, I, I won't do the project because I won't. I don't have anything to bring from it or take from it. But so the, you know, you start to get ideas right away. I start to sort of see it almost like a movie playing out before me um, as I'm reading it, and then gradually it starts to um, inhabit me. And it, it will. I mean, other people could probably speak to this more than I could it will start to affect me in unconscious ways um, before I'm sort of making conscious choices about things. So I'll find that I'm acting in different behaving and, you know, sometimes it's very subtle. Like in this case, in many ways, this character was closer to me or something like the innkeepers. uh, That's very close to who I am. So I won't say that I don't do a lot of work because I do, 
um, because there are all kinds of, um, you know, emotions and, and things to explore. But I feel like if you follow the material, which you will like, if you're doing the movie, you like the material, then it's just sort of like playing the beats or playing the action of the character the character just starts to happen and and i can't often explain it sometimes i'll get an idea like for you know say there's an accent i had to do an accent in a, in a movie this summer or or you get a wardrobe is a certain thing like i thought that you know costumes were very good and very specific on this the kind of glasses that i wore mm-hmm. um you know the fact that I, the way i colored my hair it, it just starts to lend itself to a certain uh person that maybe I've seen or I'm familiar with, but it always is me. Exactly. Uh, it's just that something like this is, is I think probably closer to me than, you know, he's a little silly and a little uh, uptight and um, uh, kind of uh, feels sort of powerless. Uh, uh, not, not unlike the father and poltergeist, not to keep talking about that, but that was, it is kind of a touchstone, you know, it's sort of like, that feeling of like not being able to protect your family. I mean, I don't have my own family, but I can imagine that as being something pretty, you know, scary and, and horrific, but you Kurt know, Nelson Liddell was, was amazing as the dad. And yeah, amazing, yeah. Right. But like Liddell was saying, like there was always like a um, humor in this. So there were always jokes. I mean, I don't really go for too much stuff that doesn't have some kind of levity to it. Mm-hmm. And it had that. And the character is funny too, which, I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but these guys would probably tell you that that's probably one of my main characteristics. Now, you mentioned something interesting. You said you would not take a role unless you can bring something to the role or take something away from the role. Can you expand on I, that a little bit? Yeah, I, I'd say, I actually say both. I think both things need to be true. I mean, I need to go like read that and go like, you know, uh, top of the spectrum is like um i'm the person to do this role i'm the only one that can play this i have to play this part you know this is you know i get this um another you know lesser version of that might just be like um i i think i know how to do this sometimes i feel like i'm it's something it's scary or intimidating but there's something about it that i feel like okay I, i i have something that i can bring to this sometimes i don't like to admit that I have something to bring to something because, you know, some of the characters I played are, are a little unsavory, but I, I understand them, uh, taking something from it. I don't want to do something that isn't an edifying experience for me. It isn't, isn't a creatively satisfying, you know, artistically satisfying, or maybe sometimes it's just like you have fun or you work with great people. Um, sometimes you, don't have fun, but you make a lot of money. Um, But I really like to, I would prefer it to be a creatively satisfying experience. In other words, the, the, the taking something from it just means like the next thing I do, I will have learned something that I can bring to that. that Uh, Yeah. And that holds true for almost every actor that I've spoken to, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to be proud and happy with the work that you do as well. Now, Steve, uh, when Lydell brought you the script, okay, of Not Alone, the the final draft, uh, and you read it, uh, do you often find yourselves when you're producing, working closely with the writers on any possible rewrites that may need to be done? 
yeah. <laughs> uh, and I did work with, and so did Sarah. Uh, we both worked with uh, Lydell and Cecil uh, and modified the script that we were all comfortable with. So it wasn't like, you, you have to change this, you have to change this. It was, we discussed things, we discussed other possibilities, and when we all agreed, that's what ended up on the paper. Awesome. Now, Sarah, uh, in the time that we've been talking, and this is a compliment, you are a very focused, detail-oriented person. So when when you have, uh, like, in Not Alone, the, the big job of being one of the leads in the, in the film, is all your concentration in on your acting, even though you are also a producer on the film as well? I felt with Not Alone, and, and Pat and Megan and probably can tell you, is it, Shelley was, had a lot of character flaws, and she was stuck out, she was helping, she was excited about moving to this house. So her arc very up and down. So for me, I really had to focus on the acting. And there's scenes where her daughter's in the hospital, and I don't want to give too much away, but it was a rough day for me. So I felt like I was very focused on the acting. Um, the producing, I had already hired people that were going to do that. So my job was on the acting. I'm actually a very fun, social person. I like to hang and be groovy. But when I was playing Shelly, I didn't really talked that much. I mean, I talked to Pat some because we were on a lot of teams and we were close and the chemistry was there, but I kind of stayed in my lane, to, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Stayed, tried to be in character because Shelly was not always having a fun time. She was no. stressed. She was worried about her family. She was worried this guy is going to kill her family. I mean, she had a sick daughter. <laughs> you know, when you have a sick daughter, you're devastated. So, and I don't have children, but I have, I was a aunt at six. So I, I have so many nieces and nephews that, you know, a sick child is just the worst. So for me, I really focused on that to answer your question. And I, I, when I had to produce, I'd step in if there was something really going bizarre. And, but for 99% of it, I was Shelly the whole time through. Okay. That's, that's perfectly, that's a great answer. Now, Megan, uh, let's talk about Lydell as if Lydell is not here, okay? So oh, just ignore him on the screen. Uh, okay. Working with Lydell, uh, how, how important is it to you for a director to allow you to sort of make a character your own so it can, at the end, be more authentic, more true to what, you'd think that character should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that it's very, very important. Um, I think in this scenario, it was also kind of like a best of both worlds situation because not only was he a director, but he was uh, part of the, like the writing as well. And I think it's such an interesting thing because as an actor, at least for me, when I look at a script, I always think in what ways can I bring myself to this character to make it more natural and make it more real and all of that. But then at the same time, how can I do what the writers are wanting me to do? Because if it's a serial killer, I'm not going to go out and kill a bunch of people to prove that I am this role. Um, 
So it was it was really great um, because we also we had a table read um, and were able to kind of talk about it before because some movies or sets you don't get to do that you just have to jump in and pray um, but this was this was really great because we were able to meet and talk about it and um, yeah it was so fun because I was able to bring a lot of the like spunkiness to Jess that I think. I hope I have in my personality, um, and yeah, he was he was really great. Anytime we had uh, or I had any questions, or um, I know that there was a couple times where I was like, I want to say something different here. He was like, Okay, yeah, like what are, what are your thoughts? What are we what are we thinking? So now, yeah. Now you mentioned uh, your character Jess has cystic fibrosis. That is a, an extremely serious, life threatening condition. Uh, did you do any kind of research into people who have CF and try to get more knowledge about it? I did. So I, once I found out that I booked the role, I, I bought a journal and I kind of just put as much information into the journal that I could, uh, that was possible. Um, so I was constantly researching things. And then by the time that filming came up, I just kind of like shelved it. And I was like, what I know is what I know. Mm -hmm. And like, now I'm going into this and I can't possibly fit more into my brain and I'm not going to be able to take any out. Um, so I did do a lot of research. I watched um, a few films with other actors that had uh, actors that didn't have cystic fibrosis, but playing uh, mm -hmm. characters with cystic fibrosis. And it was a, uh, it was hard as a, uh, I was 18 when I filmed this and I didn't uh, quite understand it, but yeah. Learned a lot. Awesome. Now, Lydell, I'm going to give you a chance to respond. Uh, put the writing aside. When you are mm -hmm. behind that camera and you are directing, what is your special approach? Do you, a lot of, I've heard a lot of directors say 70% uh, or 75% of directing is casting and just get out of the actor's way, except when they need help. What's your approach? Okay. Uh, so my approach is a little different from most because I worked in, I was at the time we were working in a duo. So it was my partner, Cecil and I, mm -hmm. um, and we developed a system where, uh, where he would, for the most part, be, hmm, how do I put it? He would be the spear. Okay. You know, and I would be more the spear wielder. Okay. And so, because what, what can happen with, uh, with duos is, or anytime there's a, uh, two people involved in something that needs to have a singular focus is you can uh, stagger each other. Too many people are taught too many cooks in the kitchen exactly so for us we very studious people so we, we'd study all the time together uh we know exactly what needs to happen you know for the most part you know given the the all the random things that reality can bring you but we know what we want to do we go in, on the day knowing exactly what we want to do mm -hmm. um so he would be more the communicator mm -hmm. and i would be more the watchful eye gotcha and so he would for the most part um 
uh, do the interaction with the actors, and then he, you know what I mean, and he'd bring it back to me. And if I saw anything that needs adjustments, hey. Let's change this. It's kind of like the Coen brothers. Yeah, it sounds you like you mean? guys had a like great system worked out. Yeah. Now, and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask Steve. Um, nowadays, you don't really see that many movies that are, that have two directors. Uh, so as the producer on this film, what were your thoughts? Uh, did you have any kind of fear that there might be some clashes of ideas when it came to two people behind that camera? Well, I actually did a movie a while back called Prisoner, and it was a similar situation. It was a pair of writer-directors. So I, I had, had a little experience working with two directors, writer-directors. And Cecil and Waddell seemed to really have their act together, kind of exactly what Waddell said. They took on different roles, and when I had to work with them, you know, depending on what I saw, I would either address both of them, or Waddell, or Cecil, if it was Cecil's watch that I was, you know, looking to talk to him about. So, you know, it's definitely, it could be more difficult, but it could also be easier because, mm -hmm. you know, when you get a writer-director, one person, it's very hard to have a discussion with that person. Yeah. So they have in mind what they wrote. They want to put, portray it a certain way on film. And they just don't really want to hear from the producer <laughs> anything different than yeah. what they're looking for. <laughs> but <laughs> when you've got two people, you can have a three-way discussion and it's tends to be easier. Okay, I could totally see that. Now, Pat, uh, if you were to describe Walter and Shelley's marriage, would you say that Shelley is the one that is the dominant one? Is Walter the dominant one? Are they co-equal partners when it comes to parenting and just basic life stuff? How would you describe the the marriage between Shelley and Walter and Walter sorry I mean it seems to me like in this situation she's uh I don't know if the word dominant is 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 the right word but like you know she's sort of I don't know she she has more guts and kind of like you know runs things I mean I suppose I could say like I'm off earning money or something but like I don't I mean I sure he loves his his wife and his kids and everything but i think she just seems to me to be more involved uh he seems to be a little bit more sort of distracted and not um you know not as uh not as involved in the in in, in what's going on and you know sort of gradually is gets dragged you know more and more emotionally into the situation so, you know, escaping it at some point but yeah i feel it. like i feel like she wears the pants yeah that okay. seems to be the case to me now sarah what was it about shelly that really attracted you and what is it about shelly that you really tried to make your own well i'm gonna go back to can i just go back to address pat mm -hmm. he said that very eloquently um but 
he, he was always the, the, he was the lawyer in the family, so he was making money, and then Shirley was an artist who worked at home. But the chemistry was there, and I have to say, we were so, so lucky to get Megan and um, Trevor. Uh, we had the best chemistry as a family. I felt really like, it, it just, it wasn't hard. Sometimes you're on set and you're like, this kid, you know, it just wasn't hard. So back to your question though. So for, for Shelly, for me, she starts out and she's so excited, she's giddy, she's coming into this house, this beautiful house. They moved there for their daughter, Jess, you know, they moved there for her health. And then her dream starts to become a nightmare. And she's leaning on Walter, Scott, and she's leaning on him. And at the time, he's just like, oh, my gosh, we just got here. What are you going to complain about now? And she starts getting more nervous and more nervous. And and then it just kind of snowballs from there. And like Pat says, it, it's just too in our face that we have to deal with it as a family. Yeah. So, and then we bring in Dr. Clay, and then, you know, all, all hell breaks loose. So... For me, the, the character was very, there was a lot of arcs and to the point where there's a couple of scenes where you don't know that Shelly's not going to start killing people. Yeah. I mean, it just, she was so distraught. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that was perfectly said. Now, this film has quite an achievement. It won Best Thriller at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, whether it's Steve or Lydell, whichever of you want to jump in, let's go with Lydell, uh, then go to Steve. Uh, that is quite an honor. I mean, that's no small film festival. It's probably the premiere, the best of the best when it comes to film festival. And it won best thriller there. First of all, is that accurate? I think it was, um, uh, what was it, Steve? It was, um, Con. It's the world con. So they have several like offshoots of, of the Camp Film Festival. Okay. But then you're also eligible to go in. To and, actually go in to camp. But they weren't having the festival, so it, it is a huge honor. But they what they do is every quarter they usually pick up film, and we were blessed. Sorry to jump in here, but... I mean, I was the one submitting them, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> might as well. I might as well. Um, so we won the LA Sun Film. We won a, quite a few awards, but the Cannes Film Festival was the biggest. You're correct, but it, it but it put us in a pool to go into the main one. So that we won, I was like, wow. And then Trevor also got Best Young. Um, actor and our trailer got a, a, awards and, and we've done pretty good on the festival route which is kind of interesting John because I wasn't even going to enter it into any festivals Wow! None. I, I just because we had already kind of started down the distribution path and I was like and then someone mentioned to me you know you might as well you should go into some film festivals and knock on wood I mean I'm I, I don't want to be braggadocious, but we won a lot. Yeah. Pat won the, Pat won the uh, Best Actor for the L.A. Sun Film Festival, the Music Video One Awards. Megan got nominated. I mean, there was a lot of nominations. I don't even know if Megan knows she was nominated because there were so many <laughs> awards that just happened at Film Quest. 
and I haven't even had time to talk to her about it, but there was just a lot of, it was a, it was a lot of good stuff. And when, and when you waited a year and a half to release this due to COVID, I mean, the, the film was done. We just had to wait because we were competing against Tenet and, wow. you know, huge blockbuster movies. So we sat on it um, a whole year and a half. We had to sit on the film. And, and during that time, we re-edited it. So I feel happy, happy. No, I would <laughs> imagine. I mean, it, I mean, Steve, just all those awards, the nominations, does it just give you that reinforcing feeling that, you know what, we put something really special together and we're getting the recognition and it just solidifies that what I thought was a good project is being recognized by other people as such? Yeah, of course. And, you know, I'm very proud of the whole cast and crew and everyone worked very hard and um the script was great and the film really deserved to be recognized it does it's a great film now megan after you do uh, any role and the movie's released whether it was the conjuring uh not alone what kind of react do you are you are you that kind of person that tunes out uh, fan reaction from social media, or are you are you intent to see what people are saying about it? What kind of reactions did you get from Not Alone when it was released? Uh, was it all mostly positive, neutral? What was that like? Yeah, no, I definitely got a lot of positive reactions from it and everything. Um, as for social media wise, I try to be as engaging as I possibly can because I know when I was younger not that everybody on social media is younger but when I was and I would be looking at people that I really looked up to and actors and everything I loved seeing when they would engage and I was like wow they really care about people that like what they're doing um so I never want to come across like I'm not incredibly thankful and grateful and super blessed to be in the position that I am um but yeah no I've really only got really great uh, positive feedback from uh, the film and my whole family really loves it and a lot of people that I've shared it with as well and That's awesome. yeah it's super great now Pat having had such a successful career is there anything left that you have not already done that you really want to do in terms of a character or a particular type of character or an overall project uh, is there something that really is on your bucket list on your career I mean, I, I, I've done a lot and I've worked with so many people that I'm really lucky to have worked with. So I would say that, uh, you know, if I, if I had to stop now for any reason, I, I, I wouldn't have any, you know, regrets. I mean, I, I wouldn't have any, I don't think there'd be anything like, oh, I wish I could have done that or that. And I've had this nice writing career and a director feature and things. So, you know, having said that, you never really know. I mean, there's certain people I would really like to work with directors and, and actors and um, other people, but um, you never really know until you see that thing, you know, that's mm -hmm. like, that's what's kind of fun and magical about it, really, because like, all of a sudden, this wasn't even on your radar. And then there it is, you know, it's like, a, a, this thing, it's like, oh, it's, it almost seems like it's, it's just for you, you know, uh, it was made for you. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are things, but uh, and I'm sure there will be things. But I'm, you know, super satisfied with with where things are now, and um, you know, uh, yeah, personally and professionally, yeah. Now, let me sort of throw that question to you, Sarah. Uh, as your career progresses, do you want to do more acting or do you want to do more producing, maybe even directing? Which direction do you want to see your career go from this point forward? Well, I can tell you, um, I do not want to direct. <laughs> have, I have no desire to direct. Um, but um, what I'd love to do is do both. I, I, I love to sing, and I'm going to record more songs, um, so that's awesome. But I would love to get a role that I actually could sing, actually maybe play a person like a Patsy Cline or mm-hmm. you know, someone that's a real person and, sorry, and actually um, sing in a role or even a, it, it doesn't have to be real. I mean, but that's what I'd love to do. I want to act and I like to sing. I, I love the creative part. And producing, yeah, that's just in my blood. I mean, I'll keep doing that. That's awesome. Now, Lydell, when you get a rising star like Megan, all right, and you're working behind the camera and you're seeing her talent and what she can do, what thoughts go through your mind as a director? And, like, do you do you say to yourself, wow, the sky's the limit? for this uh, young, talented woman? I mean, what goes through your head when you come across good, young, talented actors? You have to be very careful with your answer, Lydell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I said, I got to get her IG handle. Right. <laughs> I got to get her to follow me. Um, no, you just, you know, that's, you know, when we're going through casting, literally, I mean, literally, hundred felt like hundreds, you know, of people auditioned for that role. Yep. And, um, man, you know when you see it, you know, you, you know when you see it, and and you just yield to it, you you submit to it, and that's why that's why she's here. Exactly. She's, she's awesome. And I, for me, you know. Um, everybody's in my mind and my heart's become a friend and i mean I, I don't know if i could ask for more did you and steve uh and your your writing partner did you guys have a special system for auditioning and casting did they have to go through steve first or you first and then they get Ooh, moved on? no 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 they um to be honest with you they gave us a lot of freedom in in the casting uh they 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 even gave us free with with pat i remember they mentioned pat they were going to give us the choice you know they were very generous in that and they mentioned pat and i already knew who pat was you know (laughs) so i hear pat i'm like yo again you submit and you're like yes that's (laughs) please yes and um yeah you know just Sometimes you just get, you know, sometimes you just get lucky. Oh, but what was I, what was the question? When you come across <laughs> rising stars like Megan and the casting process, did it go through you and then get pushed oh, up to yeah. Steve? 
Or were you all yeah, in no, on they it gave together? Us a ton of freedom, but we did have a casting um, a casting director. We okay. had uh, with uh, Rose Rosen, mm-hmm. and um, so you know she she put it out on wire. She'd go through her her connections, her network, and she would just grab everybody, throw them in a bag, and deliver them to us. You know via links because we're they're in Tampa at the time. And we're in LA, and so you know all this was done online. Okay. We're just going through her. Um, I can't remember what what her. Uh, we're just pretty much going through her back end, and going through all the video artists because in the beginning it was all video submissions. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's yeah. how pretty much auditions and stuff are done now. We're yeah. pretty much out of time, but I do want to ask. I want to close it out with Megan. Now, Megan, moving forward in your career. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay primarily in films? Do you want to do television? Uh, what would you like to do? Honestly, I want to do it all. <laughs> like, I just, anytime people are like, I'm like, I don't care what I'm working on. I just want to work. Um, but I, I do think that I love film in a different way than I love television. Um, I like being able to jump around from different characters more frequently than you always get to do when you're in television. Um, I, I kind of have like a small little like bucket list as an actor of things that I would like to accomplish at some point. Um, so like one thing is I'd love to play a character with superpowers. I think that would be so dope. I'd also love to be a princess at some point because that would also be just amazing. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to do more. You like whatever it is, bring it on. Whatever it is, yes. That is as long awesome. as the context is appropriate, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Guys, the movie is called Not Alone. It's available on all the major transactional for those of you that don't know, that's rent or buy, video on demand services like Amazon Prime, Apple and whatnot. It's available for streaming on uh Screenbox. Check it out. It's not just another haunted house movie. Like Sarah mentioned, there is a great plot twist that Lydell and his writing partner came up with. Uh, you're not going to see it coming. Okay, we're not going to spoil anything, but you just, you got to watch it. It's awesome. I want to thank Steve, Sarah, Pat, Megan, Lydell. You guys are amazing. This hour flew by. Uh, if I were to pick one person, let's say Sarah... Any final thoughts on the movie that you want to share before we go? Just go and watch it. It's finally there, and you can go and enjoy it, and you'll be surprised. Absolutely. You will be surprised. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to all our viewers who tuned in tonight, who are watching this live, and will watch this later on. On behalf of me and Sarah, Steve, Pat, Megan, and Lydell, stay safe. Stay walking, guys. Good night. Thanks, Thank John. You. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks, John.